1: one thing led to another and so that we set up a legacy at her funeral and what we did for the Thanksgiving service was CBM set up a gigantic blue box and people gave money on that day with such generosity like Bethany and they gave it was over $12,000 and we we just thought this is something here you know we want this to keep going.
0: G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today, our guests are, once again, David and Lynn Wake. Last time, they shared their story as a couple and how they became involved in cross-cultural ministries. They also shared about their daughter, Bethany, who was diagnosed with an inoperable aggressive brain tumour and passed away when she was only 15 years old. In honour of their daughter's legacy and her desire to help others, David and Lynn became involved in Christian Blind Mission, or CBM, with Lynn even travelling to Nepal to see life changing cataract surgeries being performed. Today, we'll hear more of their story and more of their daughter's legacy as they continue their chat with Eric And I understand that Bethany kept a journal throughout
2: the year that she was suffering.
1: Yeah, so actually we wrote it together because Mm -hmm. she had lost the vision in one site and found Mm -hmm. it very hard to write. So we, Beth and I, kept it together and it was a real treasured time that most days we would just write down the scriptures that people were sending us because Mm -hmm. You can imagine people from all over the world, because we had those connections in Papua New Guinea, we met people from the UK and and from the US and from Asian countries, and people were sending us emails and texts from all over the place. It was very encouraging to us and to Bethany. We would write these down in the journal. We would be just writing out about all the God encounters that happened with the medical staff and the people that we were meeting that suddenly our lives were thrown open into a, a whole new world of treatments and therapists mm-hmm. and that we'd never had before. And she was very open-hearted throughout that journey and anyone who came and wanted to visit her, she wanted them to come and they always walked away blessed, you know, mm-hmm. from being in their presence because there was, was a beauty of while her body was fading away, there was something growing inside her that was beautiful, you know. Mm-hmm. People wanted to know that. So we, we were writing those beautiful treasures down in that year. And after she passed and of course we on one hand we were grateful that suffering was over, but then the ache of missing her just mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know. But able to go through those and, and in that I went through them for a whole year, Eric and just began to write the devotional book that she dreamt of, that it would be something that could be shared with others who were going through the same sort of mm-hmm. suffering she was going through, but without hope. She really wanted it to be a book, not just about a girl with cancer, but a girl who trusted in Jesus. She wanted it to be all about him and what he mm-hmm. was doing. So heartbreakingly Beautiful is the devotional book that has come about through that journey and it's a resource to help others who are either going through a cancer journey or bereaved in some way. Uh, Just an encouragement to turn to the scriptures and doesn't focus so much on the cancer but very much on the lessons learned throughout Mm. that journey. Mm. Once
2: again, the name of that book is called Heartbreakingly Beautiful, A Journey of Hope Inspired by Bethany Wake. And that's available Mm. through your website, is that right?
1: That's right. People can go to beblessings.com be-blessings.com and you can order it through
2: there so bethany's legacy lives on through that Mm -hmm. book that devotional book but it also lives on in many other ways as we will hear about so here you are in ministry you're full-time missionaries serving the lord and then this tragedy happens where you lose your beloved daughter bethany how did that impact you? I mean, did that kind of take the win out of yourselves as far as wanting to serve the Lord, or how did that affect you?
3: It affected us, for sure. Um, you know, I believe God's a healing God and that He can heal today, but it does raise questions, particularly mm-hmm. when you've, we had several four groups of people who came to us to say, we want to pray over Bethany for healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, Mm -hmm. do you know, but I, Eric, I remember Bethany saying to me, Dad, it's okay if you want to stop praying for healing for whatever would give God the greater glory. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how did she get to that point? Because Mm -hmm. I certainly was still wanting her with us, but Mm -hmm. how did a 15-year-old get to that place? Yeah. The passage in, um, God showed me in Romans 5, 3 to 5, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts. Mm -hmm. Do you know, I saw that perseverance in Bethy with Mm -hmm. God Mm -hmm. and out of that perseverance came a beautiful godly character and from that then came this wonderful hope hope of mm. the next life, hope mm. that God was in control even though it was such a terrible time. So whether we have 15 years like Bethy or 80 years, mm. it's nothing compared to eternity. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's
1: right. And I think, um, boy, we could talk a lot about that grief journey because, yeah, it has, of course, deeply impacted us and our family and um, going through it with the kids and the other kids. We've all needed, you know, various counsel and support. Mm. Um, and all of that, which we highly recommend, you know, that anyone going through these things, really, we need support. We need each other. It feels very isolating, Eric, you know, mm. when, you're, when you're grieving like this. Um, mm. But we're not alone. And mm. we've we all had to press into the love of God. I think that was the turning point for me. First John talks a lot about that. We had to come to know his love and and trust his love, Mm. as Bethany did. You know, she was a very good example of that to us. We taught her about Jesus as a little girl, but we view her life now as more or less taking the baton and running ahead of us. Mm. She's the one who's gone ahead of us and said, this is the way to do it, guys. You know, this is how you live and you die well. Mm. And, you know, many times in that journey, I did not feel the presence of God, but she did. He gave her just what she needed to get through that journey. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that now in the ministry that's also come, as well as the Whitcliffe ministry, has come this ministry to support bereaved and dying people and not a ministry that we put our hand up for, mm-hmm. but one that we know now and not afraid to sit with a person who's dying, not afraid to sit with a person who's grieving and just sit and let them be and let them feel those feelings. and Because we have this... We have this incredible hope that David talked about Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. You know, that hope for us, it's not just a hope of heaven one day now. It is the hope of Jesus Christ living within us and enabling us to live now. You know, because he lives, we can face tomorrow. That kind of faith, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. has grown in us. And so we are grateful for that. We're not grateful for all the suffering and we're human, Mm -hmm. but we're grateful for what God has done through the suffering and the Mm -hmm. redemption of things that we see coming through that.
2: So, Bethany's desire was to help other people, marginalize people through serving as a missionary nurse, and then Mm -hmm. when she passed away, the two of you decided to honor that legacy. Tell us about how that came about.
1: Sure. Well, I've mentioned the fistula, the obstetric fistula issue that Bethany was very concerned about, Mm -hmm. and that money that she raised, we, we couldn't find a place in Australia that was, we had to send that overseas, and So it was one night coming home after being in the hospital with Bethany. David was staying in with her. She was able to eventually come home after the treatment and we were able to nurse her at home with wonderful help from family and friends. But for a lot of that time she was in the hospital and I was driving home uh, just pretty devastated, mm-hmm. and an ad came on, the Christian Radio, mm-hmm. and it was about Christian Blind Mission, CBM, and mm-hmm. their support, women with obstetric fistula, and so it was like oh. a light went on, yeah. and I, I went home and just contacted them through you know, an email, and one thing led to another, and so that we set up a legacy at her funeral, at her mm-hmm. Thanksgiving service, so Bethany had uh, a blue box that she was given by a friend mm-hmm. and it was a tiny little thing and it says on the front of it, Bethany's treats for Bethany only. And the story is that Erin, her friend, gave that to her because she saw in Bethany that she had the tendency to give away everything. <laughs> she was always like that as a little girl. Yeah. And she said, look, it's okay for you to keep a few treats for yourself. You know, just keep this little box But of course, that just completely flipped around. The blue box became the symbol uh, that whenever someone came to visit Bethany in hospital or later at home, she would say, Dad, get out the blue box. Mum, you know, offer it around. And what happened was people began to fill that blue box with lollies, with money, chocolates, little treats, so that Bethany had things to give people. Mm. And what we did for the Thanksgiving service was CBM set up a gigantic blue box And people gave money on that day with such generosity, like Bethany. Mm -hmm. And they gave, it was over $12,000 on that day. And we we just thought, this is something here. You know, we want this to keep going. So Mm -hmm. by God's grace, you know, we have had a great relationship with CBM. We've been able to help participate not only with helping women with obstetric fistula in Africa, Mm -hmm. but we've also been able to get involved with the Miracles Day campaign. Mm -hmm. And we see how it just blends so beautifully with with Bethany who lived as a hemiplegic. Uh, She had no use of one side of her body. She was half blind for that last year of her life. Mm -hmm. In a wheelchair when she was able to get around. Really having that compassion for others and looking outward and it just was a great match with CBM and they've just worked Mm. with her and helped Bethany's legacy to go on. It's been amazing.
0: You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scatterbo is once again chatting with Lynn and David Wake about how they became involved with CBM with the aim of honouring their late daughter, Bethany's legacy. Next, we'll find out how their involvement with CBM eventually leads to trips to Tanzania, Nepal and also a documentary being made. All that and more... Today our guests are once again Lynn and David Wake who are sharing about their involvement with Christian Blind Mission with the aim of honouring their late daughter Bethany's legacy. As we've heard earlier, they were heartbroken when Bethany died after being diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumour when she was only 15 years old. Next, Lynn shares why their involvement with CBM was helpful to them. You're
2: grieving, you lost your daughter, but this was a way you could honor her. Mm -hmm. Did you find that cathartic and healing?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think, again, Bethany was that example. Uh, She was that real extrovert in the family. You know, you're an extrovert too, aren't you, honey? (laughs) Um, But Bethany was an extrovert on steroids, and (laughs) she just you know, had this capacity to love people and to be very outward-looking in her journey when it would have been very understandable for her to be feeling sorry for herself and Mm -hmm. not going so well on that journey. So she sort of set this example and it's helped me as an introvert to know that this is a way forward with grief. To be able to identify other people's needs and to be able to serve and help people is a really healthy way to be able to move through grief and looking out at others and it gives compassion for others in a way that we hadn't had before, you know, so it it definitely opened our eyes to not just, you know, those suffering around us but those who are overseas as well who really are going through other things that Mm -hmm. without the blessing and comforts that we have in Australia, you know, the medical help and all the assistance that we got through Bethany's trial, there are countless people, you know, going through similar sort of things, but Mm -hmm. without any support, you know, so it's definitely been healing for us.
3: (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. And then you kind of took it to the next level by going on a trip to Nepal with CBM. How did that come about?
1: Well, that was an amazing experience that came about from, I was at a going back a step. We got to go to Tanzania first in 2015 with uh, young girls, Rachel and Nicole, and with David. And that was to visit the hospital where uh, most of that uh, proceeds of Bethany's legacy had gone to help women. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So we had that trip with CBM. And then from that opportunity came um, helping to write a, a book about that with CBM and from that opportunity came some speaking engagements around Australia and from that opportunity came Australian Christian TV, got in contact with us and said we would love to showcase Bethany's story in conjunction with CBM Miracles Day. And so what an opportunity, it was um, March 2019 that we got to go. And really, all that year was that last year that that people were able to to travel before Mm -hmm. things closed up, so we were very blessed. Um, I was able to go for a week and go and visit a wonderful eye hospital there, right on the border of Nepal and India where thousands of people come through every day to get their eyes checked and many, many operations, you know, hundreds of operations every day for cataract surgery and miracles were happening right in front of me all the time. It was fantastic.
2: Yeah. Well, David, what do you think about all of a sudden your wife is going overseas, first to Tanzania, <laughs> then to Nepal? What, what did you think about all that? Uh, I thought it was fantastic, really.
3: Mm-hmm. I think when you, you have... Um, something so difficult that happens in your life, to see God bring about some good things mm. from something that was so tragic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to see other people be able to benefit just helps you in your own walk and journey. Mm. And so, yeah, seeing Lynn being able to use her gifts in the documentary, in writing, in you know, for 18 months she was speaking It did mean I needed to make a few shifts as father and, you know, I had to do more dishes and um, (laughs) a bit more laundry and, you know. Oh, good
2: on you. Normally, but uh, it was very, very worth it. And we should say that that documentary is called I See You and you can watch it on the CBM website. So if you go to cbm.org and look up I see you You can see that trip that Lynn mm-hmm. took to Nepal. While you were in Nepal, what had the biggest impression on you while you were there?
1: Well, first of all, it was flying across the Himalayan mountains and seeing Mount Everest. I got oh, yeah. to do that in yeah. the way. It was yeah. pretty cool. Um, just out the window, all the people on the plane. It's amazing the plane didn't tip because we are all looking out the window <laughs> and all that well. um, But... Yeah, it's at the top of the world there and I'd travelled to India before with our Wycliffe ministry, but this is really the first time I was just really hands-on, just meeting people who are really living in poverty mm. and that really struck me and it struck me that just such a, a simple procedure, I guess similar to the obstetric fistula operation, mm-hmm. simple procedures that we could easily have in our country just change people's lives and so we met a family. Before we went over, we had a team, a, a, you know, a, a journalist and a, a film crew. We are praying that God would just introduce us to the right people because we, you can't really plan these things beforehand. You know, mm-hmm. you can't sort of. You're not not sure who's going to come through the hospital and, mm-hmm. and who we're going to meet. But we met a family there. Who, three people in the family had cataracts and it was causing them to not be able to function in their communities. And so there was a little boy, Yong Sang, he was just nine. There was his cousin who was um, 19 and mm-hmm. then his mum, Sabrita. And so we got to know that family and they agreed to letting us follow them on the journey what it was like to... So we went back to their home, what it was like for them to get diagnosed with cataracts and to hear for the first time that actually your blindness could be cured Mm -hmm. and then to actually travel with them to the hospital and go through all the checks and then go... I actually got to see Sabrita, the mum's surgery and then we got to see all the eye patches come off and the reactions from when they could actually see again.
2: (laughs) So it's that instant, that quick...
1: Yes, that's right. So only one eye can be operated on at a time. Mm -hmm. So Sabrina, the mum, had already had one. So she was already able to function again, but Mm -hmm. just was blind with still in one eye. The jokes going around with her family was, uh, well, at last, you know, we'll be able to um, get some good food because apparently she'd served up some food with bugs in it because she couldn't see it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think they would be grateful then. (laughs) They
1: were grateful. Mary, the teenager, she had the cataract still in two eyes and she had been slowly going blind you know, mm. since she was about five, mm. very, very withdrawn. We interviewed her and she really had no hope because when she was told as a young child you'll just go blind and eventually you'll see nothing. Mm. She literally had no hope that she'd ever be able to see again because she'd been told there was nothing that could be done. So that was a beautiful thing for me to see her have the patch off. Now her Mm. reaction, we'll see it in the documentary, wasn't what we'd all hoped that she would jump up and down. I can see because it's still pretty painful and when they shine the light in your eye, it's pretty intense. Mm. But the nurse was testing her and she said she can see, she can see and it was the next day that this girl's face was lit up. She had hope and she could even get another couple of months so they would have done the other eye for her. Mm. So she would be able to live in a community with, with freedom and be able to finish her schooling. And She had no dreams. She just hadn't mm. dreamt of anything she could do because she just was slowly going blind. Mm. And the little boy, Sabrina's son, he was just a joy and was were playing, you know, footy the next day and, you know, he was able to just run around and I could see when his patch came off in the pediatric ward there was paintings on the ceiling of toys and little bikes and things. Mm. And he the first time he'd seen them and he's looking up at them and having little secret smiles and looking around and, you know, it was just beautiful Mm. to know the change that, and this is just three people of yeah, literally thousands every year in that one hospital. Mm.
2: Wow. So to know that their lives are completely changed, given hope because of that operation.
1: That's right. That's right.
2: Well, unfortunately we're starting to run out of time, but let's kind of look back over this journey I mean, obviously, the journey started with the two of you, and then you had children, and then sadly, the traumatic experiences of Bethany getting Mm -hmm. the brain tumor and then passing away. But uh, you wrote in your notes to me that uh, yours is a story of redemption. Tell Mm -hmm. us about that.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we'd both say that, wouldn't we? That um, when Bethany was diagnosed, one of the promises God gave me was from Psalm 42, and it was, Many will see and put their trust in the Lord. And at the time I thought, what does that mean? How how can there be anyone that would put their trust in the Lord after this disaster? Mm, But the whole experience with Miracles Day and being pulled into that and literally seeing many see and put their trust in the Lord. Now, I don't know that part, only God knows that part, mm-hmm. but we've seen people put their trust in the Lord through Bethany's story, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. She has inspired people to put their trust in the Lord no matter what the circumstances are. And so the story is still not finished. I've been able to work on another devotional book in the last couple of years to help people who are grieving and trying to wait well with Jesus through their own trials and looking to him. But how do we do that? How do we live now after the mm. uh, former? So just waiting to see how God wants to share that. But excited that there's still opportunities for both of us to share that, the good news through this suffering, the sharing of the sufferings of Christ.
2: And David? Yes,
3: Eric. I think God does not always take away our suffering. Mm-hmm. As Bethany said, Jesus is enough to get us through and uh, I think, you know, for us, God is often more interested in our character than our comfort. Mm. So, you know, if we do have to face things that are difficult for mm. us all to remember that um, Jesus will help us get through that particular time. Yeah. And um, he'll make us more like him in the process. That's
2: right. Well said. Yeah. Very profound lessons learned and Unbelievable the insights that your daughter Bethany had in only mm. her short life that she, while well, she was teaching mm. you, it sounds like toward the end. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think so. yes, mm. yes.
3: Okay.
2: David and Lynn Wake, thank you so much for
0: sharing your story with us today.
1: And thank you for the privilege of having us, Eric.
0: Thank you so much, Eric. That was Eric Scatterbo chatting with Lynn and David Wake about their involvement with CBM with the aim of honouring their late daughter, Bethany's legacy. If you'd like to follow in their footsteps and help others in a similar way, you can find out more about CBM at their website. It's cbm.org.au. That's cbm.org.au. Well, what a wonderful way to honour a loved one who has passed away by helping others. And as we heard Lynn and David say, it really helped in their healing process to know that they were doing something that Bethany was passionate about. Finally, David and Lynn say that even though they have experienced their share of sorrow and grief... Ultimately, their story is one of redemption, as they are now ministering to others going through heartache and pain. The verse in the Bible that really sums up their story and Bethany's legacy is found in Psalm chapter 42, where it says, Many will see and put their trust in the Lord. And that's what we heard today, as many are gaining sight through CBM, and many are trusting in the Lord because their lives were touched by Bethany's bright, shining light. Well, thanks for joining us for more of David and Lynn's story. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story.
2: Koreans in Japan,
1: pretty much we have to hide our identity. And I didn't know a lot about, um, you know, the history behind. Why am I, you know, here? Why are we different? So I grew up in this sense of identity loss. Who am I? And I I just felt such a shame just being alive
0: almost. Psalm 30 verse 11 says, You turned my mourning into dancing. And that verse is a very good reflection of Yumi Schaefer's life, both literally and figuratively. As a third generation Korean born in Japan, she was in mourning over the legal persecution her people received. But she's now dancing with joy because of how the Lord has been working in her life. We'll hear Yumi's story next time. The story, story. just another way vision is connecting faith to life.